0: through 18. <laughs> the text will come up on the screen. If you will stand for the reading of his word. And it reads us such in our hearing. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized you, <laughs> you, me, that he even gave up his only begotten, unique son, so that whoever believes in, trusts and clings to, rely on, him shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. That's hallelujah. That so, yes. For God did not send the Son into the world to in, in, into the world in order to judge it, to reject it, to condemn, to pass sentence on it, the world, but that the world might find salvation. And be safe and sound through him. He who believes in him, Jesus, who cling to, trust, and rely on him, is not judged or condemned. He incurs no damnation. Hallelujah. But he who does not believe cleave to, rely on, trust in is judged already. Stop there. The ultimate great cost of our salvation. Father, even now. Father, even now. Hide me behind your glory. Allow the words to point to you. Allow everything to be about you. Lord, even now, let your shakana glory fall fresh on us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Have you ever asked yourself how we got into this mess? When you look at the news, when you see all the stuff that is going on, when you see the craziness of life, even when you do an inspection of your own life, whether it's something you're in, been in, got out of, how in the world did we get in this mess. The truth of the matter is, is that God never in his original intent for it to look like this or to be like this. Matter of fact, whether you know it or not, we are not in the original way God made us. That's that's what the fall was talking about in Genesis chapter 3, that we fell from a state of being. It's more than that they just obey. They they literally rejected God and fell from a state of being. And I hear the question, well, why did, did God let that happen? How did that happen? Well, his name is Satan. Satan couldn't fight with God but he wanted to hurt God by hurting you. Yes, yes. This text that we see that is such a familiar text, it deals with the dilemma God was in when he saw you. The dilemma that what Satan did when, when Adam disobeyed, and Adam was all of man's representative, When he sinned, it's more than an action. At the core of his being, he became a sinner. Sin is not what you do. Sin is who you are. And because you are a sinner, you can't help but sin. When Adam disobeyed, he became disfigured spiritually. When God looked at him, he no longer saw himself. My brother says, that's why salvation is not based on your goodness. But it's based on who do you look like in, in, in the core of who you are. Because if you have not been born again, God doesn't see himself. Can I kind of take a step deeper? Satan made Adam more like him than like God. And I hate to say to the brothers, that's not passed down from the woman, that's passed down through the man. You know what the funny thing is? You don't have to teach your kid how to lie. But that cute little boy, that beautiful little girl was stand flat-footed in your face at two foot tall and lie to you. <laughs> Have y'all seen the commercial of the little girl? Say, Have you been in the chocolate cake? Oh. No, and chocolate cake is all over. <laughs> Don't laugh at her because we all been there too. That's right. That's right. What happened? What Satan did, and it's an ingenious, it's an insidious plan, was that he put in us that which God hates and God has to judge. He put in you at core, we are sinners before we accept Jesus Christ. You got that. And watch this. And there's nothing you can do to fix yourself. The dilemma was that even when you try to do good, evil was present. See, I, I don't know about you, but before God got me, I wasn't trying to do good. I was trying to do bad. And I got real good at doing bad. Why? Because we do who we are. What you are, you would do. And at the time, I thought, I don't know what I was thinking. What was you thinking? <laughs> this text is God answers to the dilemma. Because what Satan did was, was put sin in God, and then basically put sin in us, then basically said, it's your problem. You deal with it. And he sat back and said, and, and, "And I'm gonna kill, steal, and destroy every one of them. Cause since I can't fight you, I'm gonna hurt them. That you love. listen to the text. God so loved. Say that with me. God so loved me that He gave, yeah. not required." That he gave. My question is this. Okay, Lord, if you're holy and you require holiness and you require us to look like you, why don't you require us to look like you? Because you can't be what you're not. You can't, listen, a rock cannot give you orange juice. I don't care how How you squeeze that rock? Orange juice is not coming out of that rock. If you're not saved, you cannot produce the character of God. That's why Jesus said you must be born again because unless you are born back into my image, the image that you have can't produce what God is looking for. It was God that said, I will fix the problem. I will do it for them because they can't do it. That's what this text represents. I think I see it in Abraham when God says, Abraham, I want you to take your only son and take him up to the mountain and sacrifice him to me. I don't think that God ever intended for Abraham to sacrifice him. I think he intended to get Abraham's heart. When you're willing to give God something that you love and and you're about ready to do it, he already sacrificed him in his heart. And I think that God was saying in his mind, you don't know it yet, but that's what I'm going to do for you. And he did. It was not the Roman soldiers who crucified Jesus. It was God the Father. He came to die on Calvary. Listen, the holiness of God had to be satisfied. Our judgment would have remained on us. The only one that could have taken it was God himself. The penalty of sin is spiritual death. Spiritual death is the removal of God's mercy. When we see Jesus on the cross and we see that three hours in, it turns dark at noon. What is actually happening is stop from being on this level. And now God steps in and said, it's my turn. Listen, men did their worst because Isaiah 52, 13 tells me that his face was more myrrh than any man and his body more deformed. They beat him to a place that he was no longer humanly recognizable. Someone says something. I agree. They said, remember the pictures of Emmett Till." Jesus looked more like that than the cute little pictures that we take. Why? Because the scripture says more than any man, he was disfigured. I was reading that. I was studying that. And I was studying it. This was dropped down in my spirit. Tracy, his outward defigurement represents your inward defigurement of what you used to be. I said, said what? He said, I put on him outwardly what happened to you inwardly when I don't disobey. He said, Jesus no longer look human and you no longer look like me. He said, I'm giving you a picture of what sin did to you and why I had to step in. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. He stepped in just for me. You know, you know, you know, I, and this, I don't understand this, but no matter how bad, no matter what you have done, the blood will cover it all. Yeah. Somebody ought to shout about that. No matter what, what, what sin you can got up in, the blood will cover it all. I'm so glad salvation is free. Because without the freedom of salvation, none of us would get saved. Let me deal with this. He said, for the world, and when he's talking about world, he's including everybody. He said, I gave him, and in him is enough righteousness to cover everybody, whether they receive it or not whether they step into it or not. He said, he's righteousness enough because he's, he's, he's God in the flesh. He's the son of God in the flesh. He's the second person of the God here. And he wrapped himself up in human flesh. And watch this. He said, and he took all the punishment man had. But when I closed the doors and I put out the sun and, and, and I stepped in, Isaiah 53 Ten and eleven says this. He said, "And God saw His soul travail, and God was satisfied." Let me explain what that means—the ultimate cost of our salvation. Remember Jesus in the garden. He said, "I don't want to drink this cup." The cup that He's talking about wasn't the beating. The cup that He's talking about is not the cross. The cup that he's talking about is God's wrath. You know what God did? He saved up all the wrath that his holiness was going to pour out on humanity. And he poured it in one cup. God is holy. He has to just sin. His character is that he is who he is. And, and sin is rebellion against him. And, and listen, he can't help but be who he is, which means that he has to judge sin. But instead of judging man, you know what he did? He collected it. I, I, I don't think it's a I don't think it's our type of cup. I think it's a heavenly sized cup. He collected I mean every sin. That you committed. Every sin that I committed. Every sin that every human being has ever committed was thrown in the cup. You know what? Because if it wasn't held back God would have judged us and sent us to hell a long time ago. I know I should have went to hell. It was mercy that kept us. It was mercy who looked past what we did. It was mercy that looked past what we said. Watch, watch this, watch this, watch this. The cup was facing, and, and Jesus knew. On the cross, he literally went through the pains of what we say hell is. Let me explain what hell is. Hell is the mercy of God. Being pulled back. Let me tell you why hell is not the absence of God. Because Psalms 139 said, If I make my bed in hell, you are there. God is omnipresent, He can't help but be omnipresent. So, but His mercy, mercy keeps you in your right mind when you're about ready to lose it. Mercy. Helps you make it through hard times before you know God. Many people have asked me, well, how did I make it before I knew God? Mercy. Mercy kept you till grace could catch you. If, if somebody's sitting here today and you don't, know the, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you ought to thank God for his mercy. Matter of fact, I know we do a whole lot of talk about grace, and I love grace. Grace is good, but I recognize mercy had me when I didn't know that God was keeping me. Mercy was all around me. That overdose I should have been in, mercy. That car accident, mercy. When God made that bullet curve, mercy. What have mercy kept you through till grace could catch you? Is there anybody want to say thank you for your mercy? Hallelujah. Listen, you wasn't that good. You wasn't that slick. It was mercy, mercy, mercy. Do you know what kept Satan from killing you? God's mercy was all over you. Though he tried, mercy stepped in and said, not yet. God got purpose for her. God got purpose. Listen, that's before you knew him. Somebody said, what's the difference between mercy and grace? Mercy keeps you from the judgment that should have been yours. Grace gives you the favor that you don't deserve. I'd rather have grace. Oh, I thank God for mercy, but grace is good. Is anybody want to say, Lord, thank you for... He gave... His only begotten son, this is what he's saying. Since Adam, since sin came in by Adam, it had to be taken out by a man. Since a man started it, a man had to finish it. You know what made Jesus different? This is what made him different. Number one, he didn't come through the seed of a man. He was born of a woman. Sin comes in from the man. So God wrapped himself up in the womb of a woman and birthed himself out as a human being. Fully man on the outside, but fully God on the inside. Watch this. This is what I believe, and this this is where I, I took it Chris took my thunder, where Chris at? You wasn't supposed to go there? He told me something i never heard before. He said, when he talks about when the soldier took the spear and poked it in his side, it said water and blood came out. Chris says, that only happens when your body is depleted of all blood. (laughs) You got me. Blood is from the beginning. That when Adam and Eve disobey and they're hiding from God and they made themselves an apron of leaves, God replaced it with the skin of an animal. My question is, Where did the animal come from? God killed it. Blood. Scripture says that your life, the issue of life is in the blood. Because any cell in your body that doesn't get blood dies. The life issue is in the blood. There's something special about the blood. They can take your blood, run it, and tell what disease you got. Because it will show up in the blood. Your DNA can be found in the blood. And your DNA is the makeup of who you are, and it's in the blood. We sing about the blood, but do we really understand the cost that it took for the salvation of you and me that it was in the blood of Jesus because in his blood was found no sin? Listen, listen, listen. It's almost as though, not almost, it is as though that, that he required, God the Father, required perfect blood from a perfect life to judge it so that he don't have to judge us. Isaiah 53, 10 and 11 says this. This is God. He's he's prophesizing 750 years before the coming of Christ, and this is what he sees. He says, "I saw his soul travail, not his body. His soul. What's the difference? His body was in pain, but when your soul starts travailing, it's on a whole nother level." I believe that the travailing of his soul is God's mercy being removed. And that's why Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There is an exchange. He took that punishment so you don't have to. That's love. He stepped in our way and said, I'll go through it. That's love. Said this on Wednesday night. I said, I believe that not only was he travailing physically, because on the cross what happens is you are trying to catch your breath. So you pull yourself up, or otherwise you will suscitate. Sus- He's bleeding from His back being wide open from being whooped. He's bleeding from being being beat in the face to crown. He's bleeding from the spikes that is in his wrist and in his feet. And every time he moves, blood trickles out. Y'all get me? Can I go a step deeper? I think that not only is he travailing physically, his soul is travailing because hell is a travail that never ends. So watch this. While he's travailing, drops of blood is moving. Drip, drop. Drop, drip. Drip, drop. Drop, drip. Now watch this. One of those drops was for me. One of those drops was for you. Now hold on now. Hold on now. Let me, let me prove it to you. Remember when, when the children of Israel is, is celebrating the Passover and, and, and he told them, take a lamb and put the blood over the doorpost. So that the deaf angel will see the blood and say, I'll pass you by. I wonder when God looks at you, does he see some blood? <laughs> is, is, is have the drop of his forgiveness, has the drop of his salvation. Did, did, did you come up under the cross and get your drop? Listen, I don't think you need any more than a drop. I think that one drop is enough to wash you from all of your sins. I think that if you come and get your drop, listen, listen, five to six liters of blood. I think that there's enough blood that there's a drip or a drop for every human being that has been born and will be born. The question is, did you get your drop? I I hear something in the background. I hear drip, drop, drop, drip, drip, drop, 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 drip, 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 drop, all over the place. See, see, the cross is a messy business. The cross, there was blood all over the place. I think that when he pulled himself up, it was squirting now, because, because some blood got to reach you wherever you had. So it had to confine you. See, I know God didn't catch me in the church. He came where I was. So I don't know how the drop got there, but where I was, something dropped on me. Something ought to drop on you today. Is there anybody house? you thank God for the blood? For the cleansing blood. Almost finished. Almost finished. I recently discovered this. That it was at the cross that he blooded, he wiped away your sins. Listen, it wasn't Sunday morning. It was at the cross. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 said, that, that the laws of God, the nature of God that stood against us, said it was nailed to the cross. So watch this. What he did was he nailed your sins and my sins to the cross. Did you know that, 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 that when it was nailed to the cross, when, when Jesus came down, what was nailed on the cross didn't come down with him. If you are in Jesus, you came down off the cross with him, which means that everything you have ever done in the past, in the present, and in the future been nailed to the cross. Hold on, there's something else I see. There's something else I see. If you read on, this is what it says. and every principality... And power was defeated at the cross. Hold on. That means that if you're under the blood, the devil has no more power over you. Hallelujah. That means you got to learn how to walk in victory. That means but victory is already yours. When you know who you are, you can stand up and say no. They they, they had this young man in the Sunday school uh, play. He said, say, no to sin. I'm telling you all, if you're in the blood, say no. Use your power. Say, by the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm covered, I'm forgiven, and I got power to stand. Almost finished. Then what is it if all this is done at the cross? Why the resurrection? Then we're out of here. Why the resurrection? If Satan is defeated and our our sin debt is paid, because when he said it's finished, it means debt paid. It means complete. It means done. That means canceled out. Have you ever had a a bill that you went to pay it and it was already paid? Somebody said, no, that never happened. (laughs) Okay, this bill's already paid in Christ Jesus. Amen? That's good news. That's good news. Okay, then why? Then why? then why Sunday morning? Let me explain. Sin brought death. Death goes to the grave. Okay? So what he dealt with first was the sin problem. He dealt with that by taking the wrath of God and there's exchange from the wrath of God on us to his righteousness of Jesus Christ. So when God sees you, he sees himself and he sees you as though you never sinned. Listen, this is not about how other people see you. This is about how God sees you. This is not even about how you see yourself. See, when you stand before God, he's looking for himself. He's not going to weigh your good and your bad. He's going to say, am I in you? Have you allowed my son to become part of your life? Because when I look, I want to see Jesus. See, because I put that divine seed inside of you, and even though you're still working it out, Even though you still ain't walking it perfectly, he still see the seed he put in you. So the question is, do you got the seed of the divine nature of God by the blood? Y'all with me? Let me finish this up then. So why the resurrection? What's going on there? Well, the last two enemies, he had to defeat is death in the grave. You read it. First Corinthians chapter 15, where he's claiming victory. Listen, if Jesus doesn't rise, we are still in our sins. If Jesus don't get up, and then there's a problem with the equation. You see, because we was never supposed to die. Matter of fact, spiritually, the Christian don't die spiritually. Spiritually, we go to heaven, but our bodies go to sleep. Because as Jesus got up, our body got to get up and reconnect with our spirit. Okay, let's finish this. my this. What Jesus had to do to put the seal of confirmation. Since he never sinned, he couldn't die. Or he did die because he became sin. But death couldn't hold him because once he paid the price, he paid it in full. Now watch it. Then he came back again he was before he went to the cross. So watch this. So Sunday morning, sin paid for all of us. Our, 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 Our forgiveness is complete. So now, he let go of being like us and he becomes who he really is. Hold on. So the Bible says, Sunday morning, something happened. The grave started opening up early Sunday morning. There was an earthquake that happened early Sunday morning. When, when he took back himself early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. Now, hold on, let me explain what that means. That means death can't hold you if you're in Christ Jesus. Because as he got up, you got to get up. You know what that means? Victory is ours. Regardless of what Satan throws at you down here, keep your eyes on Jesus. Give him the praise. I'm glad I'm covered by the blood. Listen, there's power in the blood. There's salvation in the blood. There's forgiveness in the blood. Paul writes, and he writes it like this. He who was in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but he made himself of no reputation. He didn't grasp or hold on to who he was, but he wrapped himself up in human flesh. He humbled himself and became one of us. He didn't live life the way we live it, but he lived it perfectly. Then the Bible said he humbled himself another time and he allowed them to stretching wide and hold him high and he bowed his head and died then he humbled himself one more time and they put him in a borrowed tomb and the Bible said and he stayed there all night Friday and he stayed there all day Saturday and he stayed there all night Saturday but early what he's saying is you get up. In Christ Jesus you get up. How do we get up? You let Jesus rise up inside of you. He did it for you. He did it for me. I was thinking about this and I understand the anger of God the Father on those who reject Jesus. I understand that he's saying he gave all of this and you refuse to let him in. He gave everything for you. and you are going to sit there and say no? And not just no once but no over and over see I can speak for myself I didn't say no once I say no over and over and over I'm so glad that the last time God came to me I said yes Lord I say, yes, Lord. Today is your opportunity. Today, God is standing. The Lord Jesus Christ is standing before you and saying, I paid it all. Don't cost you anything, but it cost him everything. Will you let him in?